Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our service of worship. It's a beautiful, sunny, and likely to be very warm July Sunday. Uh, it's so good to be with all of you today. Uh, as I understand it, someone in the room has a birthday today who also happens to be one of our scripture readers. Let's give a round of applause for Will McBee. Are you okay if I sing happy birthday to you, Will? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Will. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. It also turned out to be Vivian's daughter's birthday, Janice, who's not with us today, and my daughter's birthday today. So it's a lot of birthdays on July 2nd. Just in time for fireworks, right? Well, it's good to be with you all today. We're going to begin our service of worship with our first hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Our 
Our first reading is Jeremiah 28, 5-9. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priest of all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. But listen now to this word that I speak in your hearing, in hearing all of the people, the prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, phantom, and pesticide against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of the prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet, the word of our Lord. Our lectionary psalm for today comes from Psalm 89, uh, we're doing verses 1 through 18. I didn't realize because I didn't. Danielle was out sick all week, and she is a master at making the text big enough. <laughs> I messed that up. So bear with me. We'll do our best to read through this, uh, continuing to read responsibly. I'll read the parts labeled P for pastor, and you can read letter C for congregation. I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David. I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord your faithfulness in the assembly of the Holy Ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord, a God feared in the council of the Holy Ones, great and awesome above all that are around Him? O Lord God of hosts, who is as mighty as you, O Lord, your faithfulness around you, your You crushed your back, the life of the hearts. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arms. The heavens are yours, the earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have crowned them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm, strong as your hand, high as your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Happy are the people who know the best of shall, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your confidences. They exalt in your name all day long and extol your righteousness, for you are our glory of their strength. By your favor are our arms exalted. For you are the shield of the Lord, 
are kings to the Holy One of Israel. And now for our next hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. Things of which you now are ashamed, 
The end of those things is death. But now that you have been free from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the tenth chapter. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of the disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of our Lord. As I have taken a few international trips over the years and encountered other cultures both overseas as well as in the United States, I've discovered that there are numerous ways that people greet each other and numerous ways that people say goodbye. Cultures have developed words, gestures, and entire routines and values around how to greet someone and how to leave someone. For example, we're familiar with the basic formalities of greeting someone in English here in the United States. We say hello, we might offer our hand for a handshake. Or if we know the person more closely, we may have a hug. In many Spanish-speaking cultures, the initial greeting is based on what time of day it is. So if you're greeting a person in the morning, you say buenos dias, literally good morning. Or in the afternoon, buenos tardes. Or in the evening, buenos noches. So you really got to wear a watch. Otherwise, you might say the wrong one. Of course, they're very gracious. And you can also say hola, which means hello. When I traveled to India in 2013, I learned the basic greeting in Hindi, which is the word namaste. Some of you have probably heard that word before. As I asked some of the people who were leading us around, who were uh, indigenous people from India, talking about their culture and learning from them about what it was like, I asked them, what does that word mean? And they said, literally, it means, I see the divine in you. I thought that was pretty powerful. When I traveled to Burundi, Africa in 2015, I learned the basic reading word in the native language of Kirundi, Bwakeye. Bwakeye is formal or informal greeting of hello. But when you shake someone's hand, you hold your other hand on your forearm so they can see both of your hands when you're shaking their hand. And that greeting comes from the Rwandan genocide. The fact that they want to be able to trust the person they're meeting for the first time. And you show your trustworthy by showing both of your hands when you shake your hand. I have also begun to familiarize myself with 
people in Pacific Islander cultures here in the Bay Area. I have friends in my church that I serve as well in South San Jose who are from Samoa. And their, their classic hello word or reading word is talopa. Talopa. That's how you say hello in Samoan. If you've ever had a chance to visit the country of Sweden, which maybe you haven't, or been to the furniture store IKEA, <laughs> you'll see on the window on the way into the entrance of IKEA the Swedish word for hello. Hey! Which sounds a lot like English. Hey there! <laughs> Only it's spelled H-E-J, hey, in Swedish. Now, these are all forms of greeting, ways to say hello to someone when you meet them for the first time, or you're greeting them for the first time during the day. But, where I grew up in Minnesota, we have something called the Minnesota Goodbye. When you're invited to someone's house, and you share a meal, or you spend time talking, then you kind of come to that realization, it's probably time for us to go home. You start with phase one. Oh, you know what? We really ought to be heading out now. And then, that, that it begins phase two, which is about 30 to 40 minutes of more chatting. Followed by a move, a subtle move to the door, where the host offers you some leftovers or something to take with you, followed by another 45 to 60 minutes of talking. Then there's phase three, where you're walking to the car. And while standing next to the car, you talk for another 45 to 60 minutes. You get the picture. <laughs> when all is said and done, you've spent three-ish hours saying goodbye. And when they say, we should do this again sometime, you reply with, yeah, sure you betcha. <laughs> the list of greeting words and greeting gestures and practices is as long as there are nations on the earth. The beauty of this is that every culture recognizes the need to welcome someone when they encounter them. There's a universal human reality that crosses cultures and languages for greeting other human beings. It's the first step in showing someone hospitality. Hospitality is simply the practice of recognizing and making space for other people. While I was reading the Gospel text in Matthew 10 just a few minutes ago, you may have recognized a word repeated several times in those three short verses. The word was welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And it's repeated several times in a short span of three verses. The heart of this gospel passage is the concept of hospitality. Most of us think of hospitality in terms of physical acts or gestures, things like making food for someone or offering them a place to sleep. There are other words, also words spoken like greetings and such that I've mentioned already. But in some cultures, when someone comes to your home, it's assumed that you offer them something, like a glass of water, a cup of tea, something to eat, fill in the blank. And this, process, this practice crosses over many different cultures and nationalities. But to go one step further, and even deeper, through our Gospel text, hospitality is way more than even those physical gestures or words. From the perspective of Jesus, hospitality is a state of spirit. It's a way of being. It's a way of seeing all people that you encounter. Jesus said, whoever welcomes you, welcomes me. And he mentions welcoming the one who sent him. 
and welcoming prophets and welcoming righteous people and offering a cup of cold water to another person. Jesus-like hospitality is really about seeing the divine in every person. Seeing the divine in every person. Every human being you encounter, your neighbor, the housekeeping staff who clean your apartment, the food service worker who prepares your meal, the nurse who helps you with medication, the stranger who you happen to encounter on an outing. All these people, they are a microcosm of the divine image of God. Because God made them. God's image is reflected in their face. So every human being, and this includes even our enemies, even the people who don't like us, who even may have strong ill will toward us, every human being carries the image of God. So recognizing that truth is a bedrock foundation for hospitality. If we, in any way, shape, or form, dehumanize a person, saying, for example, that their skin color is less than ours, or that their first language is inferior to ours, or their culture, or their clothes, or fill-in-the-blank is less than ours, or off, or wrong, or inadequate, we're dehumanizing them. And we're dismissing the image of God that they bear. That's a problem. So we, knowing this truth, that every person we encounter bears the image of God, and that Jesus invites us to this profound spirit of hospitality, we are called to treat them, every person we encounter, with that truth in our mind and in our heart. They reflect the image of God. Now, I won't sugarcoat it for you, friends. Sometimes doing this is really tough. People can be gruff, abrasive, brutish, harsh, bitter, surly, coarse, or just plain scurrilous. The further down the list I got, the more I wanted to include descriptive words. So I looked that one up in the dictionary. I love this word, scurrilous. Characterized by buffoonery, coarsely jocular and derisive in their behavior. I'm going to use that word a lot. I think it's a fun word. Scurrilous. The point is, hospitality is not always easy. It can be quite difficult. It can come at a cost. But the beauty of hospitality is what it can do in you and what it can do through you. There's a reward for practicing hospitality. Now, most likely won't get you money or fame or comfort. The reward may not even be fully realized while you're living on earth. But the reward of practicing hospitality with others is knowing that you loved others in the way God designed you to love others. And love, my friends, changes everything. Love is the hinge upon which all things spin. And hospitality is one way we exercise the love that God has given us to give away. Love exercise, love acted upon, transforms both the one who shares it and the one who receives it. And that's the power of love. You give it away in hospitality and it turns out it, it changes you just as much as it changes the person who receives it. Every time you help someone, 
Every time you greet someone, every time you bless someone, every time you serve someone, every time you create a space of welcome for someone, every time you genuinely embrace someone, it changes you and your sphere of love, your capability of loving, expands. It becomes stronger. It becomes bigger. And it includes more and more people. And then, another funny thing starts to happen. People start to mimic you. I was watching a lecture given by a psychiatrist and psychologist type person on, on the internet just uh, this last week, who was describing a personal experience he had walking down the street in New York City, and he noticed somebody uh, who was carrying a few different files and books dropped one of their files and the papers kind of fell out on the sidewalk. And out of instinct, he just knelt down and started picking them up and helping and giving this person their file back with all the papers. And the person said, thank you so much. It was so kind of you. I mean, that meant so much that you stopped to help me. And then, a perfect stranger who watched that whole encounter came up to the person who was giving this talk, who had picked up the papers, and said, why did you do that? I'm curious. And then the speaker said, I did it out of instinct, really, but now that I think about it, I kind of feel like it was important. The person needed help, and it sort of felt like it was the right thing to do. And then the speaker, giving this talk about his personal experience, talked about a study done in neuroscience about what happens inside the human brain when we do things like this. When we as human beings do something that we know benefits another, it releases hormones in the brain that are good for our health. And then, the crazy thing is, when you have those kinds of hormones in your brain and coursing through your body, it starts to make you more susceptible to doing the same thing. You start to have a sense of generosity or hospitality or kindness toward others because you saw it an example for you. So as I listened to this speaker talk about all this, I realized something that the Bible's been teaching us for quite some, while, quite some time has been... Uh, codified or even proven by modern psychology and experimentation that hospitality is infectious. Kindness is infectious. When we see it, it lights us up. Just to watch, to witness an event where someone is kind to another person changes you. And it makes you more likely to do the same. And you're not even one of the two people in that whole interchange. You just witnessed it but it makes it more likely for you to do the same. It's a beautiful thing. So the next question is, where do we go from here? Well, I have three very simple invitations for us to consider this week. First, greet people this week and don't stop at hello. Greet people this week and don't stop at hello. It's super easy and I'm guilty of this too, that when we walk around and see people, we say hi, and we might say, how are you doing? And then that's it. It just sort of drops. Because the other person might say, oh, okay, fine. And then we move on, right? But what if you took just an extra three to five seconds to say, really? Tell me. Tell me why you're doing fine. Or tell me what else is going on in your life. Like, be genuinely curious about the person you said hello to. 
and extend that conversation just a minute longer to truly connect with them at a deeper level. I know that a lot of people, when they are asked how they're doing, have kind of a recorded response. Fine, great, okay, right? <laughs> and then we move on. But if we actually were asked a second time, are you really fine? Would we still say fine? Sometimes we wouldn't. Sometimes we'd say, you know what, actually, I'm kind of stressed right now. <laughs> I'm going through a lot right now. I'm really tired right now, or I'm really worried right now. We might actually go to a little bit deeper level. So, for you, as you greet people, be intentional with your greeting. Don't just do it rote, pre-recorded. Say hello, greet someone, and go just a little bit deeper. Second invitation, listen to someone this week. Make it your mission to have just one conversation this week where all you do is listen. Ask questions, you know, don't stand there awkwardly and silently when they ask you a question, respond, but don't make the conversation about you. Don't share your stories. Invite them to share theirs. Ask them questions. When they share, a neighbor comes up to you and shares how excited they are that they have a great-granddaughter born or something like that, ask them questions and say, oh my goodness, that's so amazing. How's the mother doing? What are you excited about? What does this make you feel? Let them tell their story and invite them to go deeper. That's the power of hospitality, is being that space where someone can share all of their life experience with another. So, invitation number one, greet people but be intentional. Number two, really listen. And three, invite someone to join you at an activity or a meal. Don't just go along the schedule and do your thing on your own. But be strategic. Look for a new resident who's not connected yet. Look for a person you don't know as well and say, hey, would you like to join me for this event that's happening this week? Or would you like to go with me to dinner tonight? I'd love to talk to you and get to know you better. Be strategic and invite someone to join you in participating in life together. All of this, all the invitations, all of what I've talked about this morning, is about welcoming one another. That's at the heart of our gospel passage. We are, in Christian community, this is at the heart and the bedrock of our faith that we know we bear the image of God and that everyone we meet bears the image of God. And so it's our invitation from God to act like that's true, to be hospitable to everyone we encounter. So, this week, Live as if that is reality. Focus and shape all your action around the truth that God's image is reflected in every face you see. Practice hospitality with everyone. And together, we can grow into an even more healthy and loving community. Amen? Amen. 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 Our next hymn that we will be singing... It's be down my vision.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He was suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And now we will receive our Right? 
And so when we gather and we take communion together, we're reminded of the hospitality of God. That God loved us so much, He gave His only Son so that we might be saved and have eternal life. That is good news. And so, remembering this meal, we look back to when Jesus took the Passover meal with his disciples. He broke bread and gave thanks and served to them. He passed them around the cup. And he talked about what this meal represented, what it meant for the Jewish people, and how now it was expanding to include even more. And that this meal was now centered around him and what he was about to do on the cross. And so we together get to take in this meal and remember the gift of Jesus. The gift of his life and his love. So before we do, I want to pray a prayer of blessing on the elements, and then we will take them together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this bread and this cup, for what they represent, for the story that connects us to our ancestors in faith for so many centuries and millennia back. We pray a blessing upon these. Let them be fuel to our spirit and soul. Let them nourish our heart and mind. Let them prepare our bodies for the hospitality, for the work of love in our world. And thank you for the gift of the love of Jesus that this represents. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. In celebrating the Passover with his disciples, Jesus took bread, broke it, gave thanks, and said, This is my body, broken for you. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Let us take. In the same way, Jesus took a cup. And he said, This cup represents my blood, shed for you and shed for the sins of the whole world, a new covenant between God and humanity. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Let us take the cup together. And together we will pray the prayer of Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now for our closing hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
I receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thank you.